Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. rested after your week off? First of all, that's not what happened. We didn't take a week off. What did we do? We went to homecoming. I thought you were just sleeping. No, you didn't think that. And you were at homecoming and I was also at homecoming. Yeah, we had so a good time. it was Morgan State University's homecoming and Alan and I both attended as alumni. Mm-hmm. And um we were just doing a lot. Yeah. And so we couldn't make it to taping. Tore the club up. Tore the club. Up. Um that's just the yeah. honest truth. We had planned on taping. Yeah. We but had well intentions, good intentions. Kept rolling, just kept going too far as far as homecoming went, and um, we didn't have it. Yeah, we actually had a good show plan too that we've shelved for now, but we'll come to it later. Yeah, because you know we like to mix it up and keep it interesting. On well, this that's show. a fact. Did you have a good time at homecoming? Man, listen, homecoming for folks that did not go to HBCUs, or even if you did, the I'm reason why it's so significant. White schools have homecomings, don't um, they? HBCU homecoming. I'm, I'm about to explain what it's like. Okay. Okay. You don't realize this at the time, possibly, but your HBCU experience is one of the most um, gratifying experiences you'll, you'll have as an adult, really, because it's not like you've got to join an affinity group or be sequestered in some particular corner of the organization. Like You can be your full self all the time, and you're growing up with these people. And so folks have a great love for their schools and folks come back and people like me, I don't know about you, Tiffany, but I don't miss a homecoming. Like I've not missed a homecoming since 1995. I've not missed our gala since 1998. You know what I'm saying? And I wasn't in college yet. So I was still either in middle school or high school. Oh my God. 95. I was in middle school. Okay, fine. Well, I was at homecoming. (laughs) Okay. All right, we had Red Man and Method Man that That's year. That's hilarious. Okay? Yeah, I was um in the eighth grade. It's a special thing. That's all I can say. It's a special thing. 
Same. I mean, I've missed a homecoming before. I haven't missed one in probably the last uh, 10 years. Yeah, you were in jail that one year. Whatever. I was not in jail. But um, homecoming is a really special time. Most of my friends don't live in my state. And so I get to see all of them during homecoming. Yeah. And it's a really great time. It is a good time. And sometimes you can't tape your podcast because of homecoming. <laughs> That's the first because we, we normally are on it. We normally yeah, You can't it. tape your podcast when you're partying too much and um, yeah. you're at this age. And yeah. And Tiffany and I are in the same demographic. We're now, not in the same by the demographic. Way. 40 to now 45 older, is a so demographic. He definitely so. was struggling probably yeah. more than I was. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. But we yeah. just couldn't pull it together. A good time was had by all. That's a fact. That is a fact. I posted photos um, yes. on our Instagram page. Yeah, that was like our olive branch to the listeners. At least you get to see <laughs> us. You can't hear us. At least you know we weren't lying. Yeah. I think that's what I wasn't. It wasn't an olive branch as much as it was um, proof. Yeah. Proof that we were outside and not inside taping. There was no date stamp on the photo. So really, that could have been from last year. No. Mm-mm. But yeah, no, we were out there. Okay. Well, we're glad to be back. Yes. We hate missing taping. Ooh, can't stand that. Yeah, it it actually does bother us a lot, and it's a hard decision to make. But I feel like we are hella consistent. Yeah, I think so. So I feel like we deserve the week off. Hey, and you know, we're approaching 100 episodes, by the way. We are, actually. Yeah, we got to celebrate 100 when we get to 100. Yeah, we're very, very close, actually. So the celebration is coming soon. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about some entrepreneurship topics. Why does anybody want to talk about that? Yeah, because... Don't nobody want to be no entrepreneur? All right, we're going, how about we do it a little differently today? Okay. How about we, you I'm know... I'm sick of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, now let's talk about it a little bit That's not true. That, yeah. that statement is not true. I'm yeah. not sick of being an entrepreneur. So I was at the Black Enterprise Conference this week. It's called Black Men Excel, and it was a great panel. It was a panel on it wealth building. It was an all men's conference? All men, all the time. How many men? Uh, a lot the of men. Listeners are curious. Oh, it's a lot of men. Brothers are looking sharp in there too. Yeah, yeah. For okay. them, on average. <laughs> okay. On average. Um, but at the end of the panel, you know, you go open it up to Q and A, and I'm basically moderating the panel. I've got two excellent financial advisors on the panel, and young man asked, you know, how do I build wealth? Like, what advice would you give me as a young professional? He's 26 years old. And the advisors gave the, t- the typical advice of, man, you should save your money and, and make sure you, you put money into your 401k, which is good advice. But I, I answered it a little bit differently, and I think you would have answered it similarly. I said, look. If it was in a room full of men, I definitely would have answered it differently. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's all... raining, man. <laughs> nah, all right. So I'm like, look, you should consider making a path to leave corporate America, but do it in a way where you're partnering with corporate America. Like there's a way for you to start a business in conjunction with a big company, and you should figure that out in these next five or five or six years. Yeah, and first, we're not saying that everybody should be an entrepreneur. That entrepreneurship is not for everybody, and corporate America is a beautiful place for those who it is for. But today's episode is not exactly about that. And when it comes to becoming an entrepreneur, I think oftentimes people think, "Oh, my who's my competition? I'm not as big as Apple. I'm not as big as." Google, you know, I'm not yeah. as big as Macy's. I can't keep up with them. I can't keep up with them. Why should I do this? Or how am I going to overcome? How am, how am I going to be better than them? How am I going to do something different? I got to do something different because there's already a Chick-fil-A, right? Yeah. And what we're saying is that's not necessarily the case. It's not about competing. It's not about doing something different. It really is about forming a relationship and doing something together. A lot of these corporations have now realized that 
the small business is the lifeline. They small businesses have better relationships with their customers, um, have better customer engagement. And so they are partnering. They are figuring out ways to work together and not against each other. Tiffany, did you take science class growing up? Yes. As a kid? As we all did. You, did you? Okay. Do you remember there was this concept of symbiosis? Symbiosis? Symbiotic relationships. Remember this? No. Okay. It's the idea that- But it, I don't think most people learned about symbiosis and- yeah, no. Basically, it's in science. For you know, if you take it back to science, I was all I was all about science. How is it nothing okay? to do with science? Symbiosis is a close relationship between two species, where one, at least one, benefits, and for the other, the relationship it can be positive or negative or or a, neutral. So if it's negative, it's considered a parasitic relationship. That's exactly right. You don't look at me right now. I'm just stop looking at me. Okay, looking. fine. And whoever else is in the room. Okay. But I'm not calling you a parasite. I'm just looking at yeah. the person in the room. But it could be mutualism or it could be commensalism. What? <laughs> <laughs> You're making up words. But basically, like a symbiotic relationship, like an example in nature is like think about, for example, the zebra and the <laughs> I don't think this is a and, good example to and, use. And think about the oxpecker. Okay, the oxpecker is a type no of bird. Everyone knows what an oxpecker is. Everyone knows is. this, okay? An Everyone ox knows pecker? this. Yeah, okay. They land on the zebra, and they eat the ticks and the parasites that live on their skin. And in exchange, so the zebra's getting pest control, and in exchange, the oxpecker's getting some safety, and he gets to have somewhere to land and just chill out, Okay. They, okay, just, everybody I, wins. I just want to be very clear. Everybody in, wins. In your entrepreneurial journey and in mine, I'm not going to be the zebra or the oxpecker. I'm going to need a better analogy. I'm okay. going to just need something else. All right. Think about the clownfish and the shark. Have you heard of the clownfish and the shark? No, I haven't. Yeah. And neither have the listeners. The clownfish, it swims really close to the shark. It even picks things out of its teeth. And in exchange, the shark doesn't eat them. What about like a, what, what about something more simple like a bee and flower? Like... Okay. Like, you know. Sure. But I like big, small. That's the thing that we're doing today is something big. A bee is a lot smaller small. than a flower. Yeah. And we all know what these things are. You might have made all this other shit up, Alan. I've never heard of some of these animals. So how about a bee that gets to get pollen from a flower? Flower releases its pollen. How about an oxpecker? And... And the zebra, or a rhinoceros for that matter. When's the last time you've seen a rhinoceros? One year ago today. That's not true. Alan is lying. I take my kids to the zoo on a regular You're, basis. You are lying. Your, your children are damn near grown, and y'all have not been to the zoo in the last 12 months. Okay. Exactly two years ago. That's not true. Yeah. My, That's not true. I matter do take fact, my kids to the zoo. When's the, any of your listeners, please hit us up on Twitter if you've seen a rhinoceros in the last five years. Just five. Okay, I'll hit you up because I have. No, you have Exactly two years and ago And send me today. a picture of you next to the rhinoceros. All right, I didn't do all that. I don't have receipts. Mm, so. Yeah. Yeah, I used to chaperone the school trip for my kids often, and one of which was a trip to the Camden Zoo. It doesn't mean you saw a rhinoceros, and I don't believe there's a rhinoceros in Camden, New Jersey. So okay, well, hey. There's that. All right, well, when I find out <laughs> that it was there and I saw it, what are you going to get? And, and I want to make sure, and when you see the rhinoceros, mm -hmm. if I want you to take a picture of the rhinoceros with the ox pecker on it. Yeah, they might not have you're not even going to know what that, that is. One. Yeah, they might not have had it like that. Okay, it was a basic zoo. It's Camden, New Jersey. 
<laughs> just All right, so let's talk about small businesses some more. So everybody knows this, and if you don't, put some respect on the small businesses. Name, 99% of the employers in America are small businesses. That's a fact. And there's over 2.6 million black businesses in this country. And these businesses, again, they have a lot of opportunities to be vendors to corporate America, to be partners of of corporate America, to have corporate America be their distributors. And we're going to talk about some of the advantages. You hit on some of them earlier. You know, other things that large companies can benefit from, from small companies, ingenuity, innovation, management, being more agile. A lot of times, big companies are very bureaucratic. They can't come up with new products quickly. So they need that small business partner to help them come to market a little bit better. Plus, small businesses tend to have their ear to the street, right? And Mm -hmm. so they are more trendy. They're more aware of what's happening. They're more aware of what their customer is looking for. When you think about all these acquisitions that happen, you know, uh, Facebook bought Instagram. Yeah, Instagram was a small business that came out with something different. I was like, listen, we don't want to do all these words. We're just doing photos. But these acquisitions happen because small businesses have their ear to the street. They have built a more grassroots customer base. And these large businesses who could easily say, you know what? I have way more money than them. I'm just going to do the same thing. I'm like, nah, let's just get on board with them. Let's just partner with them. They've already built something really great. There's Grubhub and Uber Eats and all these other companies, DoorDash. And it's like, even though they're all extremely similar, or the same, because I don't really know the difference. Instead, one is just like, yo, let's just partner with the other. Let's just all become one family. Let's all just become one company. And in that, they didn't say, let's make it all Uber Eats. Let's make it all DoorDash. You can all keep your own company name. You can all keep doing what you're doing. But can we partner? Can we be down with each other? And let's say you're a restaurant owner. Can we share resources? And if you're a restaurant owner, it's a small business. You could leverage an Uber Eats or a DoorDash, and many of them are. Right. As a perfect example of a symbiotic relationship like the Oxpecker and the Zebra. No, not like the Oxpecker and the Zebra. But when you think about restaurants back in the day, I remember being in middle school and asking my parents, hey, can we order pizza? Can we get pizza delivered? And it was the responsibility of the restaurant to deliver pizza. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't have any drivers, then there was no delivery. Yeah. And then Uber Eats comes along and is like, listen, I don't really want to cook your food, but I'll... I'll find somebody to drop it off, right? And that's a symbiotic relationship. It's not competition. It's not someone saying like, well, I have to get more drivers because this company is delivering food to all these other people. It's like, listen, I'm going to work with them. Can we work together? And everybody wins. Can we build together? It's an opportunity for both sides to win, even though one organization is smaller than the other. Yeah. And that's the goal of today is to, we're going to outline a couple of examples, a few examples of symbiotic relationships in business that are similar to the zebra and oxpecker, okay? Where It's um, not. It's not. <laughs> where these organizations need each other. They may not realize it. You may not think of it this way, but we might open your eyes to some opportunities where you could even go. One of our clients actually left his big corporate job. It was a government job. His next thing was when he retired, he created his own consulting business and who was his client? His own his old employer. Yeah. Right? And for a lot of people, that's what retirement looks like. I think about that often. People are like, listen, I don't want to work for this company anymore. I don't want to work for this organization anymore, but I still want to do what I love doing. I love what I do. And so if I could do it on my own terms or make them my client Mm -hmm. or not do it as much, that's what retirement looks like for me. And so that's a symbiotic relationship. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like they left their job saying, well, I can't do this thing anymore because 
I can only do it for them or they're the only ones that do it. It's like, listen, how can I do it as an entrepreneur? How can I make myself a small business and still use that relationship for growth or for opportunity or for scale? Yeah, like the clownfish and the shark. I was just going to say that. So, all right, so here's some examples. So imagine the clothing designer, okay? They're grinding. They're they're coming up with great, innovative fashion things, fashionable. You can tell somebody (laughs) on this this podcast is not fashionable. First of all, I can show a receipt for this. Okay. Items. Please don't show receipts I was, for the clothes that I see. No, in. in my high school yearbook. Oh my god! I was named best dressed, nineteen ninety five. Exactly, nineteen ninety five. Okay, that was the Carl. That Kanai. was that was the beginning. That really was. That was hard. just the beginning. Timberlands of and my Carl fashion Kanai. journey. Okay, that's all you really needed. The listeners know I'm a fashion icon, but think about again these small manufacturers, right? They're they're regionally successful. But there's an opportunity to use a Target, a Walmart, a JCPenney as a national distributor for their product. And everybody wins. Yeah. So we have a client, actually. I don't know. Well, I don't know if we should say she's a client. Um, We have a friend of the firm who has been in the fashion industry for a very long time. Her name is Kalana Barfield. She went to Howard University. And she's very dope. She's very dope. And... She could have easily come out with her own clothing line. She is known for her fashion. She has a very strong following. And so I'm sure she could have found someone to come out with her own fashion label. What does she do instead? Or not even what does she do? Target reached out to Kalana and said, hey, can we work together? Can can we help you put out a fashion line for accessible pricing? And she was like, absolutely, let's do it. And this line, even though it's probably been out for 30 days, has been widely successful, yeah. right? And it wasn't Kalana saying, no, I got to come out with my own clothes I and I got to compete with Target. It was Target saying, wow, look at this woman who's doing great things. It's one woman by herself, very small business. A lot of small businesses are one person, yeah. right? Look at this one person with this great sense for fashion, this really strong following that we could probably tap into. It would probably take a lot of money. It might not be as authentic and it might not really work out. Hey, let's just... She wants to partner with us and let her do what she does best. Yeah. And alternatively for her, if she wanted to put out as much product as she's putting out, mm-hmm. she would have had to do funding, get funding and millions and millions of dollars. Literally for nationwide distribution. You know what I mean? Like that would have cost a lot of money and taken a lot of time. It might have taken a year or two years for her to roll out her own line. And instead, she is putting stuff out what feels like overnight. Yeah, and both entities are looking out for their own interests, like they're doing things that they want to do. Facts. And it happens to work for each of them. And that's the symbiotic relationship similar to my we won't talk about what it's similar to in science, but oh my you know. Gosh. I'll give you another example, Tiffany. And and this one I think is fairly obvious for for you and I. It's the registered investment advisor industry. It's the the industry that momentum advisors exist in. Right? We are independent business owners. And we've partnered effectively with banks, banks, banks. People are often like, oh, your competition is, uh, you know, Wells Fargo or your competition is Charles Schwab. If you look at it that way, we don't really look at it that way. Like Charles Schwab is our custodian. They house most of the assets of our clients and they provide us with a lot of services. We work together, right, to manage these assets in a safe and secure way. And it works. It works really well. Now, Schwab could say, you know what? 
We got to find all the financial advisors. We have to find all the wealth managers and they all have to be Schwab wealth managers. And that's what we're doing. And, and all these other small RIAs are our competition. Or they can say, do you want to partner and we can provide you with the resources that you need to grow? And we kind of both win a little bit by having more assets on our side while you have more software, more innovation, more security on your side and transparency for your clients? Yeah, and our clients get to talk to diverse advisors, right, that Schwab can't find. Word. Right? And we understand them. And, and we do things our own way. Like the value is Momentum Advisors, there's only one Momentum Advisors. And so we do things a certain way. And Schwab could go out here and try to recreate every diverse firm, every woman-owned firm, every really great firm with awesome customer service and try to cover every base, which they will not be able to do because it's just impossible. Or they could say, listen, there's some value in what some of these other smaller firms are doing. And we just want to partner with them. We just want to be down. Yeah. They created a whole division that services the independent financial advisor community. And there's over 15,000 independent firms like Momentum Advisors, although there's only one Momentum Advisors. And one one final example with Schwab, they just put my black face on their ads. <laughs> so this isn't symbiotic. <laughs> That's very say. symbiotic. It's not symbiotic because you didn't get paid. So Schwab- no, I get a lot of recognition from it. <laughs> okay? <laughs> that same thing happens on Instagram. So Alan did a, a photo shoot, uh, actually an advertising campaign for Schwab last year. Yeah. And they have been running these photos and Everywhere. TV commercials into the ground. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you signed off for this much exposure, but you'll go to I'll a website it. and Alan will be the, the first face you see across yeah. the whole website. There's a ton of commercials that are running. We hear they're running on the Golf Channel now. Yeah, I love He's it. all over the Wall Street Journal. And so Schwab came up because they got free talent. Sure. And now everyone knows Alan B. Yes, right? <laughs> they didn't put your last name on it. It's just Alan B. No, like, but it is cool because clients see it and they're like, yo. He must really we, have a job. We must be big time. That's a fact. Yeah, so I'm saying it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah, they, we both won. They won more. Okay? They, I'm on, they I'm definitely on the, won more. I'm on the golf channel. I, listen, I, I could see you looking at it that way because, you know, your brother, your boy is looking kind of good on his ads. I no, agree with that. I'm just saying, you like, know. you ain't getting no money. We ain't getting no no discount. You could have at least negotiated a discount on fees or something. Yeah, well, Schwab does give free trades to our clients. So we appreciate <laughs> that. We've given you a lot of examples, but let's talk about some ideas that you should consider. When we come back, I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. Thank you so much for listening to the Momentum Advisors Show. This is Sean King, founder and CEO of the North Star. If you want to hear more shows like this, featuring black and brown voices on the most important issues of the day, head over right now to thenorthstar.com to discover all the podcasts we have to offer. We have over 500 different episodes from six different podcast series, and they're all great. Check them out. We are back. Yes. We're talking about symbiotic relationships. Similar to? No. Similar to nothing that Alan's going to keep saying. Okay. And you're not even allowed to come up 
with any more comparisons or analogies, at least for 30 days, because you've got people Googling animals and fish that are not even relevant. So we've given a lot of examples, but we want to talk through some ideas that you should consider or could consider. Let's talk about one that's kind of close to home for us, the insurance industry, right? So a lot of people, you might work for an insurance brokerage. You might be an insurance agent. You might be insurance licensed. And so you work for a company. This is very easy. You can decide one day, I'm going to step out on my own. I don't have to compete. It's not competition, but maybe I become an insurance broker Mm-hmm. Right. And so these other companies, these insurance companies can become some of my carriers. Yeah. Right. That's it. That's an easy idea. And they'll be beating down your door. Oh, my God. They're not going to be you like to sell their product. You can't do that. You quit this job. Like, absolutely not. They, they see you as an asset, mm-hmm. whether you work for them or you work for yourself. They see you as an asset. So why not consider becoming your own business owner? Again, getting your broker's license and using these companies that you used to work for as your carrier. Now you have a lot more options. You are more valuable to your customers because you can offer a variety of different products and quotes. Yeah. And it's a symbiotic relationship. I know someone that did that, Momentum-Risk.com. Yeah. We did that a few years ago. And And that's a fact. Great team of advisors over there doing property insurance and auto insurance. And it's providing entrepreneurship opportunities to folks that were W-2 workers before. Right. Because you maybe you work for Chubb. You might be an insurance agent for Chubb, right? Chubb is a carrier that a lot of our clients like mm-hmm. and we use. I think I'm I'm a Chubb uh, customer. Wow. You're big time. Chubb is the Rolls Royce of insurance. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but, or you can just leave. I'm with Nationwide. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my side, though. The black though. man. The black, the black man, right? No, I think that's a different that's one. That's Geico. <laughs> no, you know with the, the deep man? voice, dude. Yeah. No, nah, that's a different one. No, no. I, I'm Peyton Manning. Oh no, Nationwide is on your side. It's a good song. Cut the check, Nationwide. What's the one with the man who's always doing bad things? It's a white guy, and he's like yeah, I think always that's causing pro- trouble. Progressive. I think. Damn, you don't got none of the good ones. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm with Chubb, right? Yeah. And so you could maybe an insurance agent for Chubb, or you can leave. You have to get your broker's license, yeah. and then Chubb can be one of your carriers, along yeah. with Nationwide mm-hmm. and Progressive. On your side. On, you you know, saying? you have all of them. You can have yeah. all the jingles, mm-hmm. but it's a way for you to actually make more money and partner with these larger corporations. The advertising and marketing industry? Yes. Yeah, so this one's pretty easy, and I think with the with social media now, like everybody thinks they're in marketing or advertising, right? But there are these influencers who have these social media pages and they talk about products, they, Mm -hmm. you know, show all these different things and they consider themselves in marketing, right? They they do. And in some capacity, they really are. But agencies, real live, like long-term traditional advertising and marketing agencies aren't saying, let's roll out, let's come up with a new person. Let's, let's, you know, create a character and roll out TV commercials of them using our products. Instead, they are saying, let's just connect with these people. Let's pay them money. Let's pay them money to use our product on their social media page. Let's sponsor them to do a variety of different events. These influencers, I know your kids may be on TikTok and on social media all day and night. It it is bad for a lot of reasons, but it can be good for a lot of reasons. And they are making a lot of money as influencers. Right. And so that is a way of becoming an entrepreneur and partnering with a lot of these corporations 
to make money. These corporations don't see you as competition. They see you as opportunity, right? And only only we turn around and say, oh my God, that's my competition. That's, that's not the case. Like those days are dead and gone. They are now saying, hey, can we work together? You've already tapped into a thing. Can I just pay you? Yeah. And now we're both making money? Yeah. And then web development. You know, there's companies like Squarespace that want folks on their platform. Right. And they're not going about it by hiring web designers. No. They're not saying, hey, if you want a website, please hire Squarespace and we have our W2 web designers. Instead, they've partnered with a variety of independent web designers, web design agencies and said, hey, I can refer you to some people that we know are really, really good. And these people have their own companies. They're doing their own thing. But because of their relationship with Squarespace, not only can they get you a discount on your web product, they can design your website for you. Mm-hmm. Do you know how long it would take for a company? And we're just using Squarespace as an example. Um, but Shopify, you know how long it would take these companies to find thousands of web designers who want to work for them? Yeah. 40 hours, 50 hours a week. Yeah, they just want their web hosting fees. That's it. That's what they want. And so instead, they need you. They need you as a web designer, as whatever it is, to utilize their services. And so they will provide you with free products, free softwares, free updates, a variety of things so that you can be more attractive to your customer. Mm -hmm. And then they get the web hosting fees. That's it. That's it. I think, I know this sounds really basic, but honestly, we're trying to get you to think about this on on a personal scale. And on a bigger scale, yeah. there's a lot of ways in your life, and maybe it's not even in your profession, but there's a lot of ways in your life where you're looking at something like competition. Yeah. You're looking at some sort of opportunity, some company, some person, mm-hmm. some person in your life, because you guys are both looking at the same thing or doing the same thing or moving in the same direction. You're looking at them as if they're competition. And I think what we're trying to say is that like, you need to look at all these things around you as opportunities yeah. to partner. Facts. You know? People often say, if you want to go somewhere fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. Go together. Right. And so it's happening on a very large corporate capitalistic scale. Yeah. These large companies realize we can't go it alone. We can go it alone, but we can go farther yeah. and be more successful. We can have more of an impact. If we go together. And you get to have your own business. Yeah. And so if they've adopted it, we want you on your own personal, individual level to adopt it also in regards to your wealth building process. So QuickBooks is another idea. This is a company that they really want people to pay to have their bookkeeping done on their software. And it's a really inexpensive software. But not every business owner has the time or the ability to keep their own books on QuickBooks. So what does QuickBooks do? They've rolled out a program where you can take some training for free. And if you get certified, you pay a little bit to get certified, then they'll promote you as a QuickBooks certified bookkeeper. It's a great idea for how you can become your own bookkeeping business in partnering with a big company like QuickBooks, like Intuit. And honestly, let's be very clear. For people who are like, I don't know how to do bookkeeping. I don't know what bookkeeping is. If you are great with organizing, you know how to use Excel. Yeah. And you can type and you can type. It's kind of it. Yeah. It's kind of it. It's it's tedious. Mm-hmm. Right. And some people are really great at tedious tasks. If you're really great at data entry, yeah. you would be great at bookkeeping. Yeah. And it's something that you can do on the side. It's something that you can do in your retirement or it's something that you can do as your primary job. But you're going to need a QuickBooks. QuickBooks is not seeing you as competition. They're seeing you 
as a really, really great client, a really great vendor. Speaking of vendors, so my brother used to work for Tiffany, the jewelry company. His whole job, he worked in IT, and his job was to install software, like point-of-sale software and systems. So things like, you know, how you clock in at the register, the, the terminal, the sales terminal. And one of the vendors was rolling out this new software, and he got certified in the software. He eventually was able to quit Tiffany and become a vendor of this software company. And all he does is every time they sell a piece of software to a company, they then look to software consultants to come in and teach the, the, the company how to implement it. And my brother's a full-time entrepreneur based on that, just from getting certified in a software. I also want to be clear that men don't quit Tiffany. So let's oh just, God. I know you were talking about the jewelry company. <laughs> let's keep that over He quit there. Tiffany. Okay. And Tiffany's, never looked back. It's Tiffany's. No, Tiffany, just one um, Tiffany. And, um, you know, that was a good move for him. I understand where he was going with that. Um, another really great, another really great idea is real estate. Real estate. So yeah. you could work for these brokerage companies, right? I don't even know. Long and Foster. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know what they are anymore. <laughs> but- Whatever they are, you can become an agent for a real estate company or you can be your own broker. Yeah. You can be your own broker. And sometimes you're still affiliated with these companies. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of someone being a real estate agent, leaving the company, becoming their own broker, and that company that they left being like, whoa, 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 we don't want anything to do with you. Nah. If you were doing your job, they're like, hey, maybe we could share some yeah. listings. You know, you got the good network and the good process. We need you still. Can we work together still? Yeah. Right? And so it's a way for you to not see everything and everyone as your competition. Even individual agents. Maybe maybe there's another broker in your town. Maybe y'all are not competition. Maybe y'all don't take the same business. Maybe you guys could share resources. Maybe you guys could pull your money together and pay for the same software so that you guys can both use really great software that you might not be able to afford individually. There's a lot of ways to partner with bigger companies, especially if that other broker is larger. Maybe there's a brokerage that's larger than yours, mm-hmm. right? You, It's just you right now working with yourself and they've got six or seven people over there. Doesn't mean that you have to work for them. Doesn't mean you have to become a part of them, but maybe you guys partner. We have partnered with other RIAs or with other larger companies that do the same thing. And the way that we've done that is, hey, when you have a client that doesn't really fit with what you're trying to do, send them to us and vice versa. We have received clients from Goldman. Alan used to work for Goldman. And he still has relationships inside of Goldman Sachs. And they will, we all do the same thing. They will say, I'm going to call Alan Boomer. It's a really great client for Alan Boomer. This isn't a client that I can take on over here. Or this isn't a client that's suitable for what we're doing. It's a really great client for Momentum Advisors. Now, we should absolutely be considered competition. And they're the big dog and we're the small fish. I'm not an ox pecker. They're not a rhinoceros. But... It's just not seen that way. Yeah. And Goldman also, by the way, in addition to them giving us clients, they also give us their technology. They give us their resources. because they want fact. us. They want us to invest with them. They want us to turn around and, and steer some investments their way. And, and when they have a good one, we do. We don't feel any obligation to do it. But if they've got a good investment, then hey, we'll take a look. 
Yeah. Another really great idea that everybody's doing right now is this delivery, this delivery situation. Amazon. Amazon. But it's more than just Amazon now, which is what I'm realizing. But mm. people who, I don't know, what what's your dream? I don't think there's dream <laughs> deliverers out here. Um, but I think there are people who just like want free time, who really enjoy this gig economy. Everyone, we've been talking about the great resignation. Where are all these people going? As employers, we are very confused. Nobody wants to work and they seem to not be homeless. And so what we're realizing is they've adopted the gig economy. They just want to work flexible hours. They want to work when they want to work, not work when they don't want to work, make money when they want to. They're not really caught up on a pay per hour or making a particular salary. They are more focused on freedom. They're more focused on autonomy. And so they are becoming delivery drivers. And it's not just a, hey, let me go to a restaurant and see if they need a delivery driver. It's like, you know what? Some days I'm going to deliver food. Some days I'm going to deliver packages for Amazon. I'm going to do the Amazon delivery service program or the last mile program. And that way I become my own entrepreneur and all I need is a car. Maybe you have a, a minivan. Maybe you have a truck. Maybe you have kids, you have three or four kids and they're all grown. And you still got this truck and you're like, listen, I'm tired of going to work every day. I'm tired of just doing the same thing all the time. I'm going to connect with Amazon or a variety of other companies, Uber, whoever it is. And I'm going to start doing deliveries. You have a friend that's in the Amazon business. That's a fact. And they're doing pretty well. Doing really well. So they're in the Amazon dropship program. And they started out with like just one van. And now I think they have like... I'm not exactly sure, but anywhere between like 10 to 12 vans and drivers. And this is a full-time thing to the point where it was the parents who actually started the company, but the kids realized, oh, okay, y'all are really doing something and now have taken over the business. Yeah. Now, Amazon estimates, and I haven't looked, I haven't investigated or audited these numbers, but they estimate that you can make an investment as low as 10 k and eventually your business could gross between a million and four million dollars and you could profit up to three hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, the family I don't know that if that's I know true, is doing but... this is very, very happy with yeah. how things are going. And they started this literally right before COVID. Yeah. And you know how in demand Amazon delivery was in COVID. Yeah. And Amazon, you think Amazon is like this gargantuan company it that really... is everywhere and ubiquitous and we can't beat that. That's not the case. I mean, and this is the way you think about it, right? You see Amazon buildings popping up everywhere. And so you think those buildings are full of employees that are delivering things. Those are storage facilities. Yeah. Every time you see Amazon pop up somewhere, it's just a storage facility. Yeah, they pay rent there. They're just paying rent to house all the stuff that we order. That's all that's happening in those buildings. It's not thousands of employees just working hard and taking Mm -hmm. orders. That's not what it is. And they don't even own those facilities. You could buy one and rent it to Amazon. That's a fact. That's a fact. They rent those facilities for the most part. And so there are large Amazon storage facilities popping up everywhere. And then independent drivers... They work with independent companies, people who want to drive to just show up every day, grab your items and get out. I was reading an article recently that said like these people that they hire to drive, whether it's a van, whether it's an individual person, they give them like 12 minutes Mm -hmm. to get into the facility (laughs) to get your stuff and get out. Or that's your ass. I mean, because it's more like theft prevention, but just like... There are not tons of people in there working. Amazon is not like, let's hire 
all the people. They're like, hey, you can work for us and we'll pay you $17 an hour to drive. Or you run your own company or your own entity. We still need you to drive. I don't really care how you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Just, I just need you to drive. And so they're not seeing anybody as competition. You shouldn't see Amazon as competition. You should see them as a partner, an opportunity for you to work for yourself yeah. and make money on your own time, mm. however way you feel like it. Yes. Right? I think we have to get past, and, and even us as employers, we're having a really hard time with this. We've got to get past thinking about people as nine to fivers, hourly workers, people that we own. Those are our employees. I think those days are shifting considerably yeah. and people are determining what they want to do. They are they want to be their own independent employer. And so they get to determine what they do on an hour to hour or day to day basis. And it's going to be these symbiotic relationships. It's going to be these large corporations that are creating these opportunities for flexibility, for entrepreneurship. Yeah. And so you should embrace it for yeah, yourself. You could be one of them. You absolutely can be one of them. Let's keep talking about this. There's more that we kind of want to uncover when we think about these symbiotic relationships. But what we're hoping is that this is resonating with you on not just the wealth building level or not just the professional level. Just think about this in general. So we'll be back. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. It's the pathway to Thank you so much for listening to the Momentum Advisors Show. This is Sean King, founder and CEO of the North Star. If you want to hear more shows like this, featuring black and brown voices on the most important issues of the day, head over right now to thenorthstar.com to discover all the podcasts we have to offer. We have over 500 different episodes from six different podcast series, and they're all great. Check them out. So we are back. Yes. Still talking about symbiotic relationships. Similar to? No, similar to nothing. Okay. Just similar. Just not similar to anything. The show is dedicated to the oxpecker. It's not designated to (laughs) that. What if the oxpecker is extinct? What does an oxpecker look like? Then the rhinoceros and the zebra are screwed. We definitely are are low on rhinoceros. (laughs) So you definitely need to stop using that. Um, but (laughs) we are still talking about symbiotic relationships, ways for you to consider entrepreneurship or wealth building that allows you to partner with other companies and other people instead of seeing them as competition. Yeah. Cause y'all both want the same thing. Yeah. And, and y'all are going the same direction. And again, these larger companies are realizing they can't do it without individuals, without small businesses. We've talked about over and over again how small businesses really are the primary employer and make up the fabric of this country. And large companies have realized that they're not trying to do it all. They're not trying to figure it all out. They just want to work with you. They want you to work with them. They want to become your client. They want to become your vendor. And so see it that way. I even think about like hairdressers. Mm. Back in the day, you know, the hairdresser across the street was your competition. And so you needed to do something. You needed to change your pricing or offer a different service or, you know, make your salon nicer. And now I feel like women in the beauty industry are becoming partners so quickly. It's like, let's build a beauty conglomerate. Let's Mm -hmm. work together. You can still do what you do. I do what I do, but maybe we come up with a product together. Maybe we're going to share space. And instead of competing, 
we can bring all customers into this one space because we cover the gamut of what is best offered. Like, yeah. And I bet you people who are doing that are seeing a lot more money. They're seeing a lot more opportunity. They're seeing a lot less stress, worrying about trying to outpace the next person. Mm-hmm. Everyone's talking about living a soft life. A soft life is not seeing everything and everyone as competition. Who's talking about that? Women. Living a soft life. See, that's how you know. This is how you know <laughs> Alan and I really are very different. Our Explain social this. media algorithms are so different. Alan sees crazy TikTok videos and all that. So on my timeline, in my demographic, okay. women are talking about living a soft life. Okay. Okay. Explain. A soft life is we are off this I'm every woman um, we so strong, the Mary J. Blige, not going to cry life. Okay? okay. What do y'all want? Instead? We want a soft life. Okay. We want soft days. We're not struggling. We need help. We're not trying to do it all. I'm not carrying all the groceries in. You could carry the groceries in. I want a soft life. I don't want to be required to be the strongest, hardest woman out here now. Nope. Yeah. I'm not. I'm I'm soft. So y'all need some symbiotic relationships with men. Sounds like. <laughs> Listen, if if <laughs> if relationship if male to female or just romantic relationships, whatever your designation is, could be symbiotic. Yeah. Because a lot mean. of y'all's relationships are not symbiotic. That's what y'all need. That would be that would be very helpful. Who's the rhinoceros in the relationship? Just decide that. No. In not parasitic. <laughs> symbiotic. Okay. There's a lot of parasitic relationships going on. Yeah. But when we've decided we we want a soft life, and so, you know, instead of I could do it all on my own, yeah. which we can, mm-hmm. we don't want to. Yeah, we don't choose to. Nope. Okay. So, I got my own money. Some dudes out here living a soft I life still too, by the way. I want to spend yours now. <laughs> yeah, and for the men who are listening, y'all are entitled to a soft life for yeah. sure. You know, it shouldn't be all about struggle and yeah. sacrifice and strife. I wasn't raised to live a soft life. So, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, I just was not. I don't know if I was raised. I don't think I was raised to live a soft life, but. You'll embrace one. Facts. I don't think you would. <laughs> I don't. I actually don't think so. <laughs> You'd be like, how can I roughen up this soft life a little bit? <laughs> how can, it's a little too soft That's for me. not true. My issue is that soft life takes too long. And mm, so okay. if I need something done now yeah. versus. Trying to find somebody or asking somebody else. Hurry up and make it soft. (laughs) That ain't soft, yo. (laughs) Rather, it's just the soft life is for me doing it quickly. Yeah. That's all. Okay. A quick life. All right. But yes, I don't know how we got here. Yeah, but can I give you just another, another, this has like been on my spirit for a while. Oh my gosh. When you're driving, you ever notice that you're, you're merging onto the highway and you want to get to the left, you want to get over to the left, and there's somebody that's exiting, and they want to get off to the right. Y'all really want to switch places. Y'all, y'all wanna... go to war. But y'all be like... Go to war. Like I'm not letting you over. Yo, if you just if one of y'all just let the other one get in front, then y'all will both be where y'all need to be. It's, sim- it's similar to this business conversation. That's a really Like, great y'all point. want the same thing. The big company wants to distribute their product to as many people as, as possible, and the small company wants to be a distributor or vice versa. Y'all want the same thing. Y'all have to stop looking at each other like competition. Yeah, no, I think that's a that you should have started the show with oh that God. versus these other extinct animals. We need to just get build up to it. Okay. <laughs> no, but that's a really great point. So we've got to figure out like how do you create these partnerships? Okay. How do you because it's like you you can't just walk up to Jeff 
<laughs> you know, Bezos and be like, listen, I'm trying to drive. Yeah. <laughs> what you got? Or like, yo, how about this? How about we create a product together? Yeah. You okay. Know. Like, it doesn't really work like that. So there's a variety of things that you want to consider when building these relationships. Now, first, I would say go to the website. Like, Google is your friend, right? Find who the large manufacturers are for some of the things you're trying to distribute. Or just go on the website. Even with Amazon, I have a relative who is trying to get into trucking, but does not want to work for a trucking company, wants to drive his own truck. He doesn't own a truck. (laughs) Um, yeah, that would involve him buying a truck, but go but on. But in his mind, and I don't even know if this is possible, he plans on renting the truck. There's some sort of program where okay. you can rent a truck okay. and still and be an independent driver. Mm. And so he's giving me all these companies that do this. Okay. And so I'm like, well, I need more information. And instead of asking this fool, I just go to the website. And there is tons of information on how you become a independent driver for this company or have this company as your client or they help you find clients because again this company while yes they do hire drivers they know that's not the only way it's not enough people who want to work for them yeah it's a lot of people want to work for themselves and so it's not an either or it's all of it and so literally it says do you want to work for us or you want to work for yourself We're cool either way. And I will tell you what I found interesting on one of these websites. So it was like, if you want to work for us, click here. And so I click there and it tells you all the benefits of working for them, yeah. right? Benefits, all these other things. And then it says uh, potential annual salary, $84,000. Okay. Right? And then I went to the other one and it says, you know, if you want to be independent, click here. And then the benefits are very different. And the potential salary was $280,000. Ooh, I want that one. Right? Yeah. And so they're just saying, listen, you decide. The benefits are different. We don't really care. And what's crazy, like some people will pick the 84K. Word. And it's fine. Because it comes with benefits. And you get off by five and you know your schedule every single day. And and that's good for them. And that is great for some people. There's other people are like, listen, I want to rent the truck. I want to buy a truck. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to be responsible for my own maintenance. I want to not just work with you because I also want to work with some other people who are doing the same thing. And I'll pay for my own benefits. So it really does work either way. It's not good or bad, but... They're not seeing you as the independent driver as competition. Yeah. I believe that God said to all of us that I will make you successful in whatever you decide you want to do. And we picked the button. We pushed the button for which one we wanted to pick, whether it be business owner or employee. So go to the website, do some research. I think you also have to take an inventory of your own skill set. Like, what am I bringing to bear? Do I like this thing? Am I good at this thing? And if you're, you don't have to be good at all of the thing, right? So- there's a lot of people who are really great at providing a service but are horrible business people. And so maybe your partner is a software company. Uh, so earlier we talked about like the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, we know these beauticians are not great with time management. Yeah. They will have you in the salon all day, taking long lunch breaks, double booking. Yeah, not yours, but right? a lot. No, no, definitely not mine. Yeah. Mine is fire. And I do my best not to mention who she is. But that doesn't mean you're not a great stylist. It doesn't mean that you, should, you shouldn't be successful because you're not good at these other things. So they partner, a lot of stylists partner with platforms like StyleSeat. StyleSeat is just a, an app, essentially, an online platform that just lets you load up your information and you just send your customers over there. You put in your preferred hours, your days on, your days off, mm. your lunch break. They schedule it for they you. They schedule it for you. 
And that's it. You don't have to touch it. You don't have to be responsible for it. Especially, you know, you don't answer the phone well. You're working too hard. You're not getting back. You're not checking text messages. Yeah. My hairdresser doesn't accept style seat. She doesn't, she doesn't allow anybody to make reservations or appointments unless you go directly through her. Yeah, she doesn't use small speak. Nobody said that. <laughs> slot, slot sink. <laughs> it's style seat. And there's a lot, variety of other platforms like this. But you have to take inventory of what you are good at what part of the process you are good at and then partner for the rest of it. For these drivers, for example, sure, you are you drive well. You have space and you're a safe driver. But you don't know where the deliveries are. You don't know the customers who need things delivered. That's when you partner with an Amazon or someone else. I'll give another one. Like You might be working at a company or a government agency and look at who they're doing business with mm-hmm. they're not all big corporations who are the vendors who are, what are the the opportunities where you might be able to get a contract big or small if you weren't an employee anymore so here's some ways to connect with some of these businesses for one there's a number of conferences and events in fact there's one actually going on right now that's from october 18th to 19th it's in washington dc it's hosted by the u.s black chambers and it's just called buy black and it's really just a matchmaking event for entrepreneurs to be connected with the supplier diversity people at major corporations. You get a ticket, you go there, you network, and you start to see some opportunities that might arise from that. And guess who this is presented by? In addition to the U.S. Black Chambers, American Express. Yeah. American Express realizes that we got to connect these people. Like if we are going to make money, if, we, if people are going to keep spending... We got to connect large companies with small companies. We got to connect vendors and clients. We got to do whatever we got to do for the economy and capital to keep moving. Yeah. So other organizations, there's the Amazon Black Business Accelerator Program, BBA. Not BBL. BBA. BBA. Amazon is not giving out BBL. Yeah. The Buy Black Program, there's a website, buyblack.us. There's a Women's Business Enterprise National Council. They certify women-owned businesses, and they provide matchmaking opportunities. Like There's a number of these supplier diversity organizations out there. Network, join them, go to a conference. Large companies oftentimes also have something called a hub, historically underutilized businesses, Mm -hmm. right? And so they have a program where they can find historically underutilized businesses, these usually small businesses, women-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses, and they have a program where they can find them and work with them, figure out ways where they can work together, right? You also have to set up meetings. So the SBA, the Small Business Administration, hosts matchmaking sessions during Small Business Week. And that's where they set up 15-minute meetings between qualified business owners and procurement officers at large corporations like AT&T, Honeywell, government agencies, Mm. okay? The Women's Business Enterprise National Council, they also do the same thing. They have formal matchmaking programs, not not get you a date. No, but a contract. Get you a contract. Mm, That's even better than a date. Okay. You can live a soft life on your own. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Soft-ish. Listen, it depends on what what you consider soft life. That's true. But for sure, right? Like there's, there are, these companies realize that they need you. You also have to realize that, hey, I can work with them. I don't have to be competition. I also think about like chefs, like people in the food industry. When people want to roll out a restaurant or want to start catering, 
or roll out an idea around food, you immediately think that every restaurant is your competition. Yeah. No. And it's not. If you're really great at baking, why don't you go to all your local restaurants and offer, hey, you guys don't have great desserts. Mm, I've tried them. They stink. Right? I don't need to come up. I don't need to build a whole bakery if I don't have the capacity for that. But I can provide you with my goods and... Now you are distributing my goods. I am making money. I don't have to do much. I don't even have to find individual customers anymore. Mm-hmm. I just drop them off at my accounts. I think a lot of us think we automatically have to go straight to consumer with our business ideas. Yeah. No, you can go business to business. So there's a lot of ways to think about this. Symbiotic. We have spent today talking about symbiotic relationships in the form of wealth building, entrepreneurship. But honestly, it goes a lot farther than that. And that's for you to see that. But hopefully this resonated with you in a variety of different ways, whether you are stepping away from traditional employment and becoming an entrepreneur. And it might not even be a full-time thing. Maybe it's a side hustle. Yeah, that's you know, fine. Maybe it's retirement, something you want to do in retirement. Yeah. But just recognize that in today's world, with social media, with, with all the different things, you are, as you stand, you are your own independent company. Yeah. Now, you can choose to outsource to a larger agency, but there's opportunity out here. And so we just want you to know, think a little bit differently. Yeah. Next time you see these large companies, don't see them as competition or, oh, such a big conglomerate because they are using individuals like you to make money. Yeah. And you could be one of them. You could be a vendor. Maybe you can be a part of that. Why not? Yeah. I love it. So we will be back next week. Yes. There is no homecoming next week. So we are locked in. Well, there's other homecomings we may decide Um, to attend. They got spell house going on this weekend. That is that is happening. We'll see. So what we do expect though is for our listeners who are having homecoming this Mm -hmm. weekend, maybe maybe you're gonna take a week off from listening. Yeah. It's fine. Enjoy your homecoming to all the HBCUs. And I am saying specifically to HBCUs. I don't really understand the other schools with homecomings, but enjoy your homecoming. We will be back next week. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. Oh, man.